imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 248 with Katie Shaw, Paths to Freedom, Mother Mystic Athlete Cancer. Join the team as we get to know Katie, an inspired woman who can show us how to be both tough and sensitive simultaneously. Welcome and well met, Katie. Thank you. That was a great introduction. Thank you so much. I, I whipped it up in the kitchen just a minute ago. So <laughs> it was great. Home, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so something we do on the front end of these episodes is talk about the correspondence to the tarot. I uh, just do the major arcana. In this case, it'll be 248. So that's 2 plus 8 is 10 plus 4 is 14, but makes 5. So we're saying it's a Hierophant episode. I am the teacher of the universal law. Uh, I'm reading out of the Starman Tarot, uh, which David DeAngelis has been on the podcast. Shout out. But anyway, uh, the Hierophant or the High Priest, this is like uh, exoteric information. The caretaker of spiritual knowledge, teaching others what you know, awakening to a greater understanding of the world and paying attention to the details. Raphael, what angel do you have? We have the angel number 62 belonging to the Archangels. It is the angel of the desire to know. This angel helps you obtain wisdom, aid in the stimulation of bright ideas, and pacify the violence of the world. Encourages people to live in integrity and honesty. The Tarot Association, interestingly enough, here is the Three of Swords. And the affirmation goes, I release my defeatist thinking. That's what's up. I have a Mars and Mercury conjunct in Cancer, so I can be very defeatist. 12th house, I should add. But anyway, uh, we, we can geek out about astrology. Katie, I don't know really how I turned on to you, but at some point in the past, let's say three years, I added you as a friend on Facebook. I couldn't even tell you why, <laughs> but we've never really talked that much. Um, randomly, we've kind of hit each other up. Um, so I have your chart, which I'll kind of get into at some point, I'm sure. But do you have any recollection how we cross paths? I think it really is this Facebook um, al algorithms. We're awesome. That's what happened. Um, awesomeness attached us to each other. And I watched you and listened to you read. And um, you've come in, into my life at times. I really needed to hear what you were saying. Uh, so I've continued to follow you as well. That's what's up. All right. So I know, I mean, there's so much I want to get into. You're training for a triathlon, which is gnarly. Um, you're shifting careers. You're kind of moving and shaking and waking up and waking others up. Um, very progressive mama. So um, let us kind of start at the beginning. Uh, you can be as detailed as you'd like to be or kind of as, you know, drive by as you want to be. Um, but kind of tell us what kind of, you know, where you, I know you were born on the East Coast, but it seems like you grew up in Arizona. What kind of culture were you in? How was life? What were your kind of interests, et cetera, et cetera? Well, it's interesting when someone asks me about my past, because for me, my, my past is recent. Uh, because I have worked really hard on on 
getting my past into a place that I love myself completely, all of the things that's happened. So I guess I can just start with, I had a very normal family up until about 13 years old. Um, and then my parents got divorced and everything kind of went haywire from there and very confusing time for me at 13, 14 years old. And at 14, my, my best friend was killed in a car accident. And I believe that that's when things really happened for me that I developed a relationship with her on the other side. And I continued to live for her and never once thought it should have been her, but should have been me considering my life and my family. Um, Were you in the car wreck? I was not in the car uh, with her. And actually, she had relocated from Arizona to Las Vegas at that time. And uh, she was with her. Her best friend was driving inexperienced. But um, with the inexperienced, the person that ended up hitting the car was drunk. So um, she was killed by a drunk driver, as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, it was a difficult time in my life with the feeling abandoned from my family and things that had happened with the separation and then a true separation of my heart um, at the same time. Um, definitely left for an angry teenager, a lost, angry teenager. And I believe that I stayed that for a very long time. I'm not sure that I grew past my teenage years through my adulthood, which then I ended up getting into drugs and alcohol and was just a yes my drug of choice is yes. Um, three years sober. Woohoo. Um, thank you. And through that three years, um, divorce and finding myself, um, I've come to a happy place. I realized that, you know, when we have trauma, our, our bodies kind of separate from our mind. And, um, in coming to understand that and learn that through people like you and helping with tarot and, um, just love and awareness of myself and others. Um, it's kind of helped me have peace with all of my past, including my 20 years of, of meth addiction. So in that and getting sober or clean, I realized that it wasn't the drug that was having me have these outbursts. It was me and my mind and my thoughts. And as I started to adjust to all of that and recognize it. And I isolated myself the last three years, one of those completely by myself. Um, and then adding in family and, and slowly adding in other things in my life. I've actually have, have, have had a great opportunity, although I've been trying to force life and force jobs and figure out who I am. If I would have just let things be, I probably would have come to my calmness a little bit sooner, but super happy to be here because I've brought all of that trauma and brokenness of infant and toddler and teenager and young adult making mistakes and good decisions. And I've brought all that and I, I've finally come back to one and in coming back to one has allowed me to love myself on a, a way that I, my higher self can speak to all of those me's, you know, and my guides and my guardians, my angels, all of that, they help me. And um, I've, I've used tarot, I've used um, many things to help me get to, to the, where I am right now. And I, I really, I reference my past as um, experiences that have happened and it's an open book. I will reach in there and I will grab a story, a triumph, a, 
whatever it might be to help someone else and wherever they are in their story and their narrative and just meet it with love because, you know, people are going to find their own way through life. And if you just love them where they are, it's more than you, anyone could ever need. I mean, that's, that's the true part and purpose for me in my life is just to love people where they are. Well said. I, I don't, oh, we didn't really talk about the card, um, but you're kind of extolling information. You know, I just realized I didn't ask you, do you find any things? Kind of jumped into your bio right away. Whoops. Uh, there's not even a Mercury retrograde to blame it on. But, uh, <laughs> but it's funny because I hear how you're communicating and you do have an 11th house Gemini Mercury where my son and Moon are, 11th house Gemini. Um, and I feel very disassociative and floating and stuff. And I hear how you're communicating in, in the way you can objectively look at your past. Um, but also in a kind of playful, uh, interactive way. Um, that's that right there. I mean, it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're you're literally looking at your past kind of not dispassionately, but like kind of just like matter of factly, I guess you could say. Um, it is what it is kind of thing. Um, before we go on too far, were there any syncs between the angel and the uh, hierophant for you? Um, if not, that's okay. We don't have to go back too much. I just oh, no. Both of those hit home for me right where I am. Um, I have had some some things happen in this last week uh, to bring everything together and be able to look at it, uh, look at everything. Um, and, and I like more of a definition of the three swords um, because I, I don't know that one by heart. But... Um, both it's of those, the awareness and the flow. interesting because I had read it and actually checked it and I'm also like checking the book it's the angel manual by a dear friend called brian lar who does these angel cards that look super amazing maybe i'll show them to you in a second and actually it's at five of swords so it may either be three or five but actually i'll look, check this right now it's most likely i actually the pulled five. the five of swords today on my card it's, it's, the, it's the five of swords actually so there was a this is the errata the text was wrong but it's the five of swords oh, which okay, is the okay. lord of defeat which is why it also says i release my defeatist thinking and the five Woo! of swords yeah not sure how much you know about the card everyone has their own uh, personal stories with it of course for me what i remember is you know you would say it's a lot of defeat sounds bad you know you have the swords pointing downwards usually um and the five usually are uh, you know unstable Difficult. position and usually more like a deprecating uh, energy right but then at the same time it's about you know release especially in the material right which is also like five of pentacles but then also defeat or you could just say you know like laying down so in a way why would it be bad to just be laying down you know and being still so there is also different uh, perspectives here i think it's a, a very interesting card and that's where I am exactly is that flow. Like it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just let it go and make the best of it because you've grown so much that you know that you're going to make the right decision for that moment and just trust yourself that you've been through the hard parts that have made you strong enough to get through whatever it is that comes up next. And you like, I always felt defeated. I always felt like things were against me, that my karma was not clear, that I'm waiting for this punishment for some reason because I did bad things for so long. But really, I was in my own prison and I don't like to live that way anymore. So my my defeat is it's done. Like I, I've, I haven't been defeated unless I choose to defeat, like be that way for myself. So um, triumph is the only way for me now. <laughs> well, your north node is in fifth house Scorpio. 
um i was noticing so it's like you're here to transform through the heart i mean it's gonna be maybe a, not i mean death early on like you're saying pretty extreme um when you say drugs i didn't think meth right away quite frankly but usually i'm like oh, okay i've never tried meth it's one of those things where i'm like i don't i, I lived in honolulu for a few years and i saw tweakers and i was just like you know that doesn't even seem fun like <laughs> it's just like okay um but um and i don't want to dwell on that too much but like I don't think, Rafa, you've ever done meth, but I can't speak for you. Well, I've had to find other things that give me that naturally, right? right so right. exercise gives you endorphins that give you energy that do the same thing. So my my, my brain needed a little bit more of go, but it didn't need the chemicals of the go. Um, so I've found other things that I love that excite me, friendships, um, concerts, all those things that give you that adrenaline, that go and that rush. Um, I like jumping off of tall things. Like that's another thing. So it's, um, it's, I've found other ways. I was like, what is it really that I like about this? I like when I do it and I can clean my house or I can do it. And, um, I, I connect with a part of my mind that is, is, uh, free. So I would do that. Uh, now I've found other things that I can do that. And there's never a good time to do meth ever. So um, yeah. I'm glad I got past that. And I was able to get rid of any of the other things that are like food and gambling and whatever else I, I had that was excessive um, to just have a little control over that. I'll allow my higher self to make the decisions for me um, and not feed the inner child or teenager or brat, um, as I like to call her. Um, drama queen. I don't like to feed that with, with other substances. So I find other things that are natural that I can still have the same feeling with. So I'm curious, you just mentioned in passing that you like jumping off high objects. <laughs> Is a jumping thing? Or? Um, like bungee jumping. Um, I jumped off the stratosphere here not that long ago. It's a 17 um, second free fall, which was pretty amazing. Um, I've been on roller coasters where you have free falls. I just like I, I, I just, that's an adrenaline thing I like. And I'm sure I'll jump out of a perfectly operating plane soon enough. Uh, I just haven't had that opportunity yet. That's what's up. Um, and then one other thing I keep hearing you, I mean, I'm not against or unused to uh, higher self kind of jargon and that stuff. But when did, what was your spiritual framework kind of growing up? And when did you maybe start going more new age? Because it sounds like when I turned on to you, it was when you were hitting your shift point. I mean, it seems like I think we added each other probably than three years ago, I would say. Uh, well, wrong, I think but. probably in this last year, but I, I would say eight, like I've, I've come to the conclusion recently at eight years old was my my primal like um, reality that I was a little more aware than most people, maybe even sensitive, if you want to call it sensitive um, to the way that I could change people's moods or rooms moods or. Like, I think I became aware of that pretty early. Um, but because of that, and then going through high school and just having people be so mean, um, it, 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 I allowed it to take my, my power away from me then. But then 14, obviously talking to people about communicating with dead people isn't always, you know, you don't get a lot of um, excitement from that. Um, but I did, I, I, um, continued my relationship with my best friend and, and I feel my ancestors, um, definitely guided me through some of these things and my anger. And then you get into the medical side where they want to say your, your high highs and low lows and your bipolar and all of this. So I, I believe just, um, my whole life I've looked for 
other ways to heal. Um, and I didn't really trust doctors. So in my knowing now, I'm realizing that there's, we can heal ourselves and we can, um, any out, out, outwardly um, ailments that we have wrong with us are all associated with an internal um, emotion. And I can usually, you know, tag in on that as well and see just by how someone walks or stands or moves or holds their posture, I can tell inside where there's a blockage. So um, for me, that that part um, was huge, that the medicine and doctor part. And I'm like, I, I've got to find more out about this. But as I learn or read, I already know it. So it's it's just been really odd that that's just something I possess already. And um, you, you have a 12th house sun and moon in Saturn cancer. I mean, it's like talking to relatives and the ancestral, like it's like right there. It's like, yes. And even walking in rooms and changing moods. I mean, that's cancer moods and of what the collective. So yeah, it's loud and proud in your chart. So super proud. Chart. Well, I'm proud to be a, a cancer and, and it's, and maybe I, I put myself on a pedestal sometimes and I don't like to, and I, and I am just getting used to it now and saying, I do know this stuff I am doing. I'm, I have some important work to share and do. And I went through the hardest part, which is, you know, finding all of me, bringing all of me back. And when there's, when I have memories, when I have relapse, when I have symptoms of some of these, you know, bipolar, ADHD, whatever, when I have symptoms of those things, I can recognize them because I know myself well enough and I can pull myself back and I can have a talk with myself and be like, who needs what, what's going on? Let's have a meeting here. Um, and I love that I can do that. And then I have recognized that, that there is, um, many parts of me and I have many parts of everybody. And we think as we grow up, we're just one, we're one person. Well, I'm one now, but I wasn't before I was a scattered mess. I was, I was, uh, it wasn't one at all. So now that I feel like I've come back to one, I'm realizing, okay, I'm not just powerful. I'm, I'm pretty intelligent. Um, I have these, this knowledge that I didn't, you know, I've, I've thought about, I've read on, I've followed, you know, the rabbit holes down to figure out what does it mean? Um, but now it's kind of all coming together and I'm trying to get a course together to start coaching. But yeah, I still have, even yesterday, I still had a bad day and you have bad day and you have to, you know, and you got to pick yourself up and get the right people around and get through it. Yeah. Uh, and don't feel bad about being proud. Your North Node is in fifth house. So like coming from your heart, showing off your what Scorpio magic, your transformation, that's part of your journey. I mean, that's your karma. Oh, so good. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about myself. I'm just going to go be a librarian. So well, I used you. to not want to talk about myself because everyone would be like, you're you're so on yourself. And I'm like, no, I, I want you to be too. I want you to love yourself as much as I love myself. And I don't go out there and just be like, love, love. Like there's days where I just can't stand myself. I have, I had low self-esteem for so long and abandonment issues and many, many things. My, my dad passed away a few years ago, opened a whole nother can of worms. I didn't know what's coming. Um, I mean, it's, we're always evolving if we allow ourselves to tell the truth to ourselves and not say, um, you know, everything's okay when it's not. And we got to feel those things and hurt when we hurt and cry when we want to cry. And, um, men and women, like we, we do need to be in touch with our real, these things were our, our reality. And if we let our subconscious take over, then our reality seems like everything just sucks. If we're focusing on the things that sucked, 
or we're going to see it like it grew us and we're moving forward from from that. That brings up a good point that I've been kind of thinking about. I watched a Ram Das documentary recently. Um, I'm not like all about him, but he's pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, this idea of like, not only is, I mean, it's kind of a paradox where it's like everything is perfect, but how do we not bypass? Like we've come up with bypassing yesterday. How do we not bypass and just like, everything's fine. I accept it. Like when we're not okay with it. Um, and Raphael, if you want to talk to this at any point, obviously feel free, but I'm kind of curious because uh, it sounds like you're, you're walking that tightrope of like, you understand the magic of the universe, the grace of it all, et cetera. Like you understand it's like, it's all good, I guess, in a sense, but there's work to be done. So that denotes I get stuck in helping others with their work and going forward with my own. Like uh, you mentioned, you know, personal thing about you. I, I have find it really hard to hold a job. Um, I know all this shit, but I can't hold a job. So, um, and I have a hard time with my kids. Uh, they don't necessarily um, like my lifestyle. Um, I follow my intuition. I follow the people. I follow the opportunities. I stick with it until it, I don't, no longer align with it and I'm out. And it's usually for the other person, not me, but I'm learning to stick with things longer and see what the lesson is a little bit further than I usually did. But before I'd walk away mad, now I just walk away. I think there's a song like that. <laughs> but, well, there should be now. So, I mean, <laughs> it seems like you're kind of detached enough to see the situation for what it is, but still be invested enough in the meat suit to like respond and, and learn. I'm close to uh, something, man. I'm close to something. Uh, Raphael's sparking up, but I'm curious. Um, <laughs> you see kind of where I'm uh, going with that, Raphael? Like, how, like, we kind of talked about it a little yesterday with uh, uh, Lazuli. Um, how we can hold, you know, the tension of like shit happens and it's not fun, but I guess it's a lesson, so I can't just balk at it. And, you know, the more we just run away from our responsibilities as developmental kind of fractals, like the more we loop, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, Harry Potter could have been best chums with fucking Snape, but that wasn't their karma. So they had to get to a certain point, but oh my God, he loves him in the end. So it seems like there's a lot of drama down here that we get to play around in. Uh, do you have any kind of suggestions, Raphael or um, Katie, in terms of like how we participate well without overly identifying with the drama? Cause that's- I have really this one great. down, but I'm yeah. gonna let Raphael talk cause I've been talking a lot. <laughs> oh, he's a Libra, he loves just listening. <laughs> He's a caterpillar on the mushroom in Alice in Wonderland. He's just like, hello. Yeah, uh, it would not be the first time I'm replying to this kind of question, but still I'll ask you to somehow rephrase what you were saying. Um, it seems that Katie's kind of depicting, you know, she's talking about a real human life with real human issues, whether it's addictions or, you know, whatever. So I admire that where you're not just like, you know, trying to escapism it. Like sometimes people are like, oh, this, you know, Christianity, I'm coming more from a Christian background. It's like, this place is not where we need to be. Rise above. It's kind of a negatively yeah, polarized. What level of Christianity of is that? Of course. Yeah. Well, all of it. Well, some of it, I guess. Uh, so a lot for of me, yeah, go ahead. With, with drama, I mean, there really isn't any because whatever you're com conflicting with someone else is, is their words are for themselves. I mean, some of it could be for you to take into consideration and go, maybe I needed to hear that. I'll make an adjustment. But what they're saying is for them. And so if you just turn that information back to them and say, you know, you're saying this out of your mouth out loud to you and to God, to the universe, and you needed to hear it. And I'm going to let you sit with that instead of it being hurtful to me and me taking it personally. I'm going to let you sit with that for a minute and see how you feel about you, about what you just said. 
And then we can discuss going forward that it's not so, it, for me, I just don't take it personally. I mean, that is the one number one, or actually, what is that number three of the four agreements um, is not to take things personally. And there is no drama if you actually recognize it, that their situation, the way they're acting and reacting is what they need to do to learn what they need to learn for themselves and not take it personally. Yeah, so what I'd say is in terms of lessons and learning, one idea is that you're always, always presented with the perfect catalyst to be learning more about yourself. If you deny that catalyst, well, what is your higher self going to do? It's going to present it to you again, potentially yeah. with somewhat more force. Worse. So <laughs> yeah. that's anyways why it's never really smart to shy away from any shadow work or any anything that should be integrated or not delve into any fear in order to understand it because you know it's there for a reason and in terms of you say christianity that's why i asked which level um of course you know this is if you assume this is not the place to be when you actually understand that everything is here and now so there is nowhere else for you to be than where you are right now and uh, also i can only assume that this is some aspect of some kind of you know bad type of catholic mind control to really denigrate the body like this is you know this is not good this is sinful and so on because then you get into all kinds of disbalances which make you more easily controllable if you're not properly connected with your body. Also because your body hosts an immense amount of intuition which can, you know, even without consciously knowing anything can give you all kinds of answers, but it can't if you judge it to be bad or not proper or sinful or anything like that. So, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Word. Yeah, it seems, I, well, I guess I'm noticing that you're well adjusted. It doesn't surprise me with the 12th house placements. I guess you kind of can be that disassociative and, and all good with all things. Um, so good on you, Katie. I mean, it's a weird trip we're on, I guess. Like, even the, I'm not Catholic or anything like that, but the Pope, I think, yesterday was like, it's an act of love to get the vaccine. And I'm just like, whoa. Oh, yeah. I mean, what kind of church is this? Uh, it's the Catholic church, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's just an interesting time, and I guess I've been struggling with how to be independent of thought without being care careless. Like, I don't want to be apathetic towards the situations. Simultaneously, I don't want to involve myself needlessly, I guess you could say, by just trying to fix other people's problems, because those problems, as we're discussing, are kind of lessons writ large in front of their screen view of the meat suit or whatever. Um I, I ramble, sorry, but the point, I, I, there wasn't really much of a question point. I was just kind of curious. It seems like you've been through a lot of hardship, but you don't seem victimized. And even that five of swords correlation is like, you're not just going to, you know, Ned Stark lose your head. It seems like you don't have to be a victim of, of the world. Um, I made a Game of Thrones illusion. I don't know if you can believe that. I just realized it's like, you might not even. Oh, I've minutes. been the victim. I've played the victim. I I easily relate to the victim. Um, I got out of jury duty by telling them that I always relate to the victim. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's not that I can not, you know, can't be there. Uh, I choose not to because as the victim, we feel like we're owed something, I believe. And that, that, adjustment can only be redone by reliving that and making a new memory. So um, I try not to stay in that victim mentality, but I also understand when other people are, I recognize it. And I say, when you're, when, you know, when you're, when you're done in that area, then we can talk, but I can't go to you in that area. I, I, it's, you know, um, 
but I definitely can relate to the, to the victim. I've been the victim. And, um, I think that is where a lot of my anger comes from is being in that mode. And when I'm angry, I go, wait a minute, something's really, really wrong here. I've got to, uh, readjust and become my higher self again and stop, stop, uh, making decisions as, as some, something I'm not any longer. And then I go, how long was I gone? <laughs> how long? Like, then I reevaluate my life and go, shit, I've been making bad decisions for a while. I must've been gone for a minute in in another place and uh, go, okay, got to start over today and start doing that. Um, so we talked about, I have a couple of things on my list too um, that, um, have been developing. So I think in getting a new routine and working out and deciding to do this triathlon and that's more for me, but what it did do was it allowed me to start reparenting. So I had a lot of things to unlearn, like what was already there was kind of not there because I was kind of a kid that did my own thing, didn't have a lot of coddling and love. And then not having anything at all and losing the any love that I had when my friend died, my best friend died. Um, and then getting through all of that, I think I developed a, like a, a persona where I had, I, I was, I was angry. You get in, like I wore all black. I had fire engine, red hair, mohawk. Like I got into that angry, you know, don't mess with me. I would punch people in the face for no reason. I'm not proud of that whatsoever. Um, I would hit people for, I would lose my temper and hit people. That was my thing. And I've been lucky enough to be, I've been forgiven by those people and not serve any time in jail. And I'm knocking on wood um, that I won't ever allow my temper to get to that point. Um, so anyway, I don't know what I was rambling about on that. But part of my journey was where I definitely was not as kind and sensitive as I am now. And I and I have people in my family that consider me a narcissist. So when I look at that, I'm like, I guess an empath is just a healed narcissist. Right. I mean, we got past those bad behaviors and it's a label just like bipolar and ADHD and all of those things. But I had symptoms of narcissism and I've worked really hard to not fall into any of those categories to get over that. Don't ever feel bad about your mind. You have an 11th house, Gemini, Mercury. You're going to be very multi-track. You know what I mean? Like you, the, you, I, maybe math might have rewired some brain, but you, you're, you're always going to be misunderstood. I mean, the whole point of 11th house Aquarius energy is like genius, cutting edge ahead of the curve. So like Fonzie, when he drives in on a motorcycle, is like, hey, it's like that guy is not normal. And everyone's like, he's weird, but he's setting a trend for the future. Where your head is at is where, I mean, let's just say, I mean, um, you're 10 years older than me, but like most 40, 50 year olds aren't like, I mean, I can't say it with much conviction, but there's a lot of people who are just trying to do the job, get the mortgage paid, you know, like you're, you're on the next wave, I guess you could say. So in a sense, you're very much wired to have multidimensionality. Don't feel bad about that. And it's like, that's kind of how your thinking is. You're, I mean, I talk about this a lot. It was like multi-track mind. I mean, if in music you have like 16 tracks or whatever, it's like you, you're you're tuning in a lot of things where most people are like one, two, maybe three tracks, four tracks. It's a very limited kind of attention span, whereas especially with your 12th house, uh, basically stellium with three more personal planets in a sign, you got Saturn, Sun and Moon in 12th house Cancer. Um, you're into you're almost a conduit for the collective. 
Uh, and somewhere why I don't, I'm not that surprised, I guess, about meth because I think what it does is blow out all your circuits and just like let you be a conduit. But I've never done it, so I can't preach about that. I don't know. But it, even that nature of um, choice of drug, I guess, um, you're kind of like I want to see all the things. So I am all the things. I want to do all the things. So I guess I'm just saying this in a weird way. Like, don't feel bad. I don't know if you're on medication for ADD or you know all this other stuff. But it's like no medication. You don't need doctor. it. Anti doctor. Yeah. Anti doctor. I am the doctor. Okay, that's a good point. Maybe we could talk about oh, that yes. for a second. Because uh, <laughs> I, I know that um, and because you have a Mercury in 11th house, you're going to... And think, it would be symptoms oh, of those things because they don't right. really exist. Okay, so how, uh, this is something, I mean, we haven't talked about much, but this is kind of a general question and, and, uh, and I'm interested to see. Like, okay, it's one thing to say history is not what we've been told. It's another thing to say everything we've been told is a lie. How do you... Quality. I don't think it's a lie. I think it's a it's ha it's your perception. I mean, everybody has their own perception of what works for them. We all have different beliefs. My belief is that our mind controls inside and outside. Um, and if we have an ailment of ADHD, not not able to pay attention, well, then we tell ourselves we have a hard time paying attention, and we work on that on reprogramming our mind to pay attention. Um, it is just a symptom of ADHD, I believe, or a symptom of, but I've been told I have all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm bipolar, I'm uh, depressive, whatever. I've been on every medication. I have family members that have, but to me, I like to face it head on and figure out what the symptom is, find a balance of that symptom because I knew it was off and then be that. That becomes my persona. That's my higher self is to work on being better at fine tuning that thing that's off and procrastination, um, the attention span, all of that stuff. Like it, it, it is a symptom of what the doctors have just put in a group and given you a medication for. And that all that does is make you not feel bad about it. Um, not help you with the problem. It, it helps you through a time frame where then when you're older, um, or you've been, you notice the difference of on the medication and off the medication, then you have a balance. Um, so maybe it does help some people, but I know people have been on antidepressants for 20 years. The, the, like, is it really helping you? Is it, is it doing anything? Just before I and forget my point, the, is go there, ahead. could there be a relation in terms of the victimization you spoke about earlier? Because if I can label it as, oh, I'm suffering because I have this and that disease Something which someone made up because they have their DSM manual and then some prescribed stuff. Isn't Doesn't that somehow play into it? Because then I can put it outside of myself, the issue, and almost like pretend, oh, it's just a fault in the system, you know, whatever, and I'll just go. I mean, I have, and I know at least one individual that even in their 20s started to get on insulin, you know, and this is like, I'm like, this is impossible for me to understand. But yeah, would you say the summer relates to victimization or then, you know, self-ownership of one's own health again? Because obviously anything can be cured, you know. Great point <laughs> and great question. Perspective, right? Yeah, for me, I do feel that if like, just like pain, if you focus on that pain, you're going to have pain and that pain is going to keep going until you have either medication or something else to focus on to get your focus off that pain. That's where cannabis comes in for me and where I definitely think that taking that focus off the pain and smoking and getting a new neurotransmitter in your brain to something else, then you stop focusing on just that pain 
and you're focused on something else, it's the same thing with um, and anything else you might have, any other addiction that you're focused on and you want it and you want it and you think, but if you, you know, ADHD and you're given a medication, your mind can go, okay, I don't have to worry about that now because I, I have it. I took a pill for Permission it and I don't slip, have to yeah. worry about it. And it makes your brain not worry about it and takes the focus off of it. And all we need to do is teach ourselves to take the focus off of it. Take your focus off your pain. Take your focus. And then more with pain, what is your pain? And if it, even if it's a knee pain or a, or a shoulder pain, those all have relation, emotional connections that it's still in your mind and you can still work on those things. And as you work on it in your mind, you realize your pain goes away in your shoulder and your knee. Um, so it's just taking the focus off, I believe. Definitely a more holistic approach. I can appreciate it. It's funny because I guess what it's, it's tricky because we, we explore reality and we have map makers telling us what it is and then we go out and we find it's not exactly what they say or whatever. Um, so it's I, I don't even condemn medicine, particularly where it's at. It's pretty logical. It's like, yes, a bunch of 18th century white European men decided to write the book probably on cocaine or whatever, right? So it's just like very focused, very Capricornian, and very like this is how it is. And, you know, we've had Rupert Sheldrick on. He has a YouTube little thing, or I guess a TED talk, uh, not a YouTube thing, but he had a band TED talk about the science delusion. It's kind of the dogmatism, I guess, the kind of firm, rigid boundaries of structure of in terms of knowledge keeping. I mean, we have the Hierophant card. So what is the Hierophant? It's like, thus says the Lord. This is how it works. Like, I, and I think in a weird way, it's both and it's both open source. Anything goes, but clearly like some things are more persistent and I guess probable than other things. So I could sit here and be like, oh my God, I really want a pink bunny to run through. And it's like, I don't know if that'll happen. However imaginative I am. Um, maybe I'm giving myself limitations or I haven't permitted myself that experience. Uh, but that pink bunny could mean something else. I mean, look up what pink means and look up what bunny means. And and your message that you just said out loud is more than just saying pink bunny running across. The, you know what I mean? Those thoughts and those things all mean stuff. So I follow all I follow all of those breadcrumbs that I tell myself where I'm like, oh, I don't know why I said that. I'm going to write it down and look it up. Uh, it's all information. Everything that we talk about, all the every image that comes in our mind, it's all information either for yourself or for someone else. And that's why I call all my appointments I have now, I call them adventures. Because I never know if that adventure is for me or for them. Um, if it's a message for, you know, something we're going to learn together, a message I'm going to walk away with, which, which I love when I do, because a lot of times I show up to an appointment and I enlighten. And so when I'm able to be enlightened, it's like I walk away and I could do it a million more times. And so I look forward to my adventures where they used to fear. I used to have fear of them because I didn't know what I was going to say and I didn't know what I was going to present. Or am I representing my real estate or, or my tarot or, you know, what part of me is going to come out in this adventure? And so now I just wait. I just make if the appointment's made, I just wait and I see what happens. I mean, kind of like us today, like all right, what's going to happen? What are we going to talk about? And because it is my lifestyle now, like my all these things I've learned and incorporated and made me, like that's just how I flow now. And you show up and you just know you're going to know and say the things that need to be said and do what needs to be done. Even if it's a wreck, it's to learn from it. And then you do it the next time. But you, get, you can't stop doing it just because you were afraid of what might come out of it or not come out of it. And going into each adventure, sometimes I have a, what do I want to get out of it? But other times I'm just like, flow, just flow with it. I'm going to, I'm going to be me and that's it. I can only be me. 
So there's nothing else to be and make the best of it. Not surprised. I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm trying not to be too like academic, but I'm like, I'm looking at your chart and I'm like, this makes total sense. <laughs> um, you know, just this wet kind of uh, loose, dreamy, um, but su supportive and nurturing kind of thing. So how have you gotten over victimization? I mean, ultimately, it sounds like you have to the point where you're understanding the context. But I like I think something for me that's been an issue is like um, whether it's like oh, I've got a sharp mind or I'm skilled at this or whatever. I've been like disappointed by life because it didn't quite go how I thought it should. And that's the whole Bashar thing. Don't that's have a good my whole life. Yes. Yeah. So it's like um, how while still kind of aiming at something. That's where I'm kind of having the issue. It's like I don't want to like I want to cast my reel out and see what I catch without being like it has to be a five foot bass or you know what i mean it's like okay. but I, but still it takes effort to fish or else we just sit here and kind of not do anything i guess i don't know maybe that's a, a wrong presupposition i don't know uh, no i just think maturity 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 when i said i had to unlearn everything then i had to decide what i wanted to learn and then i had to throw some of it out and then i had to adjust but in reality it's maturity i had to decide i can't be a kid all the time i can't have fun all the time but actually i'm learning we can um just there has to or be balance money. Lesson, right? yeah money and fun yeah. right donkey island is cool but you don't want to live there you're right um, we like to visit same with crazy town like we like to visit but we don't like to stay there um so i think all, that answer in a nutshell victimization all of that is maturity like there's a point you have to rise above it and change your belief as either it's not going to be what you thought it was going to be and just let it be and when you recognize it again make a new memory of that and um and i would say the only thing is uh reparenting as i reparent my inner child my inner teenager my inner adult that wasn't a responsible adult adult or mother um i i find that the only thing i could do is take the mature approach of that and be who I want to be, which is more responsible and reasonable, right? I mean, somewhat. There's times for everything. And there's times when I have vacations and things like that, I'm not going to be that responsible adult mother. I will be more of a kid and that's okay. Um, but yeah, maturity would be my answer on that. So was it, I mean, is that what, because you do have Saturn conjunctor moon, in 12th so it's like i get all the rules but they're bendable like the spoon isn't really there so like you get the structure of time space but then i think you understand it's like a dream at a very real level like emotional well i operate as my future self when i'm working on all these little things i make decisions as my my higher gut my higher person my future self what do i want to look like when i get there how do i want to feel when i get there um, the things that I'm working at that I'm going to be handed where I'm like, I finally, my timelines have finally come together. What am I going to look like? How am I going to feel? What's, what am I going to do? That helps me eat better. That helps me take better care of myself. That helps me. I don't want to get to everything and be like, oh, I, I, I gained a hundred pounds back and I, you know, all of these things, I, I don't want to be that. So I have to keep myself in check with these and I do have systems and I don't break my own rules. And when I break my own rules, that's why I feel like shit. When I procrastinate too long, that's why I feel like shit. When I haven't done the things I said I'm going to do and I've broken my trust with myself that I'm going to follow through with those things, all, all, everything's off the table. I'm a mess. 
Um, so I have to keep that trust with myself. I have to keep those agreements with myself. I have to keep those systems in place so that I don't have, you know, get out of control. And when I do get out of control or I do lose some of those things, I know that, that some, I've made some bad choices and it's okay to get rid of some things and start over again. And I don't mean things like people, <laughs> um, although sometimes it is, um, there's other ways to handle that. And, and I'm, I'm an individual, so I, I, I am, I'm careful to say I'm not careless, but like we talked about this, I have to care less about how you're gonna feel about the decision I make. Um, because if I care about how you feel, I start making decisions for you. A, I'm cheating you out of whatever you're going to experience. And I've completely cheated myself out of my reality by doing what someone else wants. So I have to remain true to me. And I have to just say, if this hurts you, I'm sorry. Um, it's not my intention to hurt anyone, but I also know what's best for me. And this is what I have to do right now. And I, I stay true to that. And it may seem insensitive, but I've already been super sensitive and I only have one life. And if someone wants to constantly berate or not believe where I'm going or call me fake or not understand the, the steps I've taken to be where I am, then maybe it is time for you to go away for a little bit and see if, if you don't miss the relationship and, it's, it becomes about them and not about me making it all right all the time. And since I've kind of care less, <laughs> it's helped me in that. And, and holding on loosely. Other people. Yeah. 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 It's not careless. It's like reckless. It's just holding on loosely. It's, um, I have to care less because I care so fucking much. Like I want everyone happy. I want everyone to experience unconditional love. Some cancer. Come on. Yeah, I want I the unconditional everybody. love. You've got to love yourself. Yeah, I, and I, and there's not anything I can do to force people to do that. Like you just gotta love yourself, and it's hard when you've done some fucked up things, and you gotta get over it and face it, and face it maybe ten. Again, if you've done your work and you're growing, it's not the same. And you'll see that experience just unfold like a beautiful flower um, because it is beautiful to experience something that was terrible and then find overcome the fear and experience it again. And it ends up being fabulous. And I wouldn't want anyone to cut themselves short from happiness or fabulousness. So I always say, take that risk and be happy. It's only your life. You're living your life for everyone else. Be happy. Yeah. Uh, Raphael, any thoughts on what she's saying? I mean, you're smiling. I guess. <laughs> well, I just agree. There's not. I mean, we can go into details of it, but overall, I just agree. I mean, both, and I, I like how you put it in terms of deciding from the point of view of your future self, which actually is your higher self. You know, take that as a guideline, and then yeah, everything else you said, simply agreed. <laughs> Awesome. I so that makes me feel so good. You have no idea because I oh, do struggle. And in particular actually, I always like to bring this up some point I have to, anyone can look it up actually in Law of One uh, by Ra. It also there is some point somewhere where I believe it says that one of the prerequisites for ascension to fourth density actually is not caring anymore what other people think of you. And um, I think that's absolutely correct. And it doesn't mean not being empathic. It doesn't mean not feeling with them. 
but it may very well mean not feeling sorry for anyone, not judging anyone and not allowing anyone to judge you, ultimately you judging yourself. And, you know, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely the, the way to go. But like my beliefs don't require you to believe what I believe kind of stuff. He doesn't yeah, I just like reposted that. You, you just yeah, posted I, that, right? I, I, re, I always I, repost that one. I like it. <laughs> it's a good one. It's fucking heavy, real shit. Because I think people who have, I mean, Rafa has North Node in Aquarius. I've got 11,000 of them. You've got 11,000 Mercury in Gemini. People who push the boundaries, like there's different, and it takes all types and we can all have all these archetypes within us. So it's not like, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody, but it's like there are, you know, even explore. If you've ever seen, um, what's the movie? Legends of the Fall. Brad Pitt like goes on this crazy opium binge on like orgy boat or whatever the fuck. And he ends up being home. So it's like um, even explorers have to find a home, I guess I was going to say. But some people push the boundaries. Some people play with the electric fence and say, like, where are the boundaries? What is the limit? Um, and it seems like in or when one does that, that's when one becomes more capable of accepting their um trajectory without maybe the static of the impressions of others but uh as an empath i mean i'm guessing you're just an empath just by your chart but you're saying that um and i understand it's like it's hard pleasing others becomes an addiction in a way to us too so that it's like i want to do me but i don't want to hurt you and how do i make this work and i mean that's that happens a lot in my own life on lots of levels um so uh, yeah i know rafa you agreed but you'd be surprised i don't i don't always jimmy the uh, answers out of you um, but you have a wealth of knowledge, and even if you've said it before, Raphael, you could always bear repeating it. I mean, I'm sure the Tao is howling always. Um, Katie, before I kind of just ask random questions, is there anything particularly you want to talk about? I'd just like to add one thing. Oh, yes. Because ultimately, you may realize that you can always only hurt yourself, and other individuals can always only hurt themselves, emotionally speaking, at least. And that can alleviate a lot of the pressure of attempting to make it nice for everyone because anyhow you cannot please everyone and the more you are not in your integrity the less happy you will be and i always like the domino analogy you know i take care of you you take care of the next one and so on everybody falls this is right. not sustainable <laughs> so yeah and and i think in practicing that you tend to fall less and when you know you can hold more, you hold more. And obviously we get, we get to a point where we take on maybe too much and we all have a breaking point. No matter how much wisdom and knowledge we have, we have a breaking point and rest is so important. And that means mind rest. And I've talked to some people that, you know, it, it, with cannabis and I, I do smoke uh, mostly at night, but sometimes during the day, if I feel it's necessary is, um, having that balance of um i just lost it um uh we'll blend the weed don't worry <laughs> okay well we're yeah, in the like, weeds and i haven't weed. smoked i haven't weed. smoked but yeah, in that is having the adjustment of having your mind sleeping right so when i smoke and i want to just chill i can have a sleepy mind but i can be smoking and have an awake mind and get things done um, so if we recognize we have a sleeping mind and an awake mind and we can, um, control those, uh, I think we have a better ability to, to remember things that happen in our day to day by being present, right? We've talked about present time and well, we, you and I haven't, but I talk about present time and being present. Um, but you can be present and be in sleep mind and be relaxed and, you don't really recognize everything that's going on. And that's kind of what we get with when we're in our phone a lot. 
we're in sleepy mind and we can choose to wake up at any time, whether we have cannabis or not have cannabis, there's both minds and we can um, figure out what we want to learn and know in those minds. So that's something that I'm, I'm definitely recognizing right lately because I go back and forth of thinking cannabis is good and bad for me. <laughs> so I still struggle with that with my sobriety. Um, but because I can use it and not abuse it, I feel like I'm good. And I feel like that with alcohol and gambling, like we haven't really gotten into things, but I've, I've lost over a hundred pounds to like totally transform what I look like on the outside. I mean, is that where you took your frenetic energy of the mentality and we're just like, all right, I'm going to shape my reality now. I mean, where was the transition for you? What was the causal, I guess? Were you just like, I'm tired of being fat or how, what triggered you into? All of, like I was overweight for so long, but I, I did math. Like I did math for a long time. And then when I wanted to stop, I practiced quitting for a while. And when I say practice quitting, I mean, you, you're good without it. And then you use it and you realize that it's probably not the best. Like you, like I almost would regret doing it as soon as I did because it, it messed up my whole other thing that I had going on. And it just That's was an interruption. Hard. It was yeah. an interruption. I practiced quitting, but I, when it was in front of me, I couldn't say no. And that's how I recognized, Oh wait, I have an issue here. Um, I can't say no to it. And, and it's got control over me and going to AA, which I'm not a big supporter of, but um, you know, you go into AA and they let you know I'm powerless over my drug or alcohol. And I didn't like saying I was powerless. Like I had a big problem with that. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am not powerless over this. I, I am in complete control. I wasn't, but I got there um, because of my, my stubbornness to say that something had power over me. Um, I don't believe that I have to go in and be a victim right away and say that there's something wrong with me. I don't feel that I need to go in there and remember all the bad things that happened when I was high or drunk. Um, is that all part just, of AA? AA? Yeah, AA just wasn't for me. But I learned all of those things and how to manage them myself because I went. So I'm glad that I had that adventure. It just wasn't for me. I learned from it, but not what they wanted me to. And I had a sponsor who, you know, I didn't, I didn't show up and you didn't call me. Like, we had a disagreement. And I said, I, I disagreed with you. I think I still need marijuana at night. And she's like, if you're not sober, then you're you're not sober. And I'm like, well, then I guess I'm not sober. Um, Are you eating any refined sugar? <laughs> oh, I was. Yeah, legalism is an issue. No, he's not talking about you. He's talking about your sponsor. Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, in terms of what is what is sober and what? Yeah. But yeah, right, right. She drinks cola. She does drink soda. So um, I, I went through that whole thing and then realized I, that her being a sponsor was more for her, saying that I can help other people do this, but she wasn't a very good one because we had a disagreement. I didn't show up to AA, she didn't call me. So she made it, took it personal. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm already further along than my sponsor because I don't take shit personal. So it was kind of- Master Mason on. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, um, I had a friend that always said too, he's like, if I use again, I'm gonna die. Cause that's what he learned in AA. And I hated it. I hated that he said that, but he did relapse and he did commit suicide. But um, that- So much for yeah. self-programming, self but that's highly self interesting. We don't need to- That's why I watch what I say. Yeah, we don't need to dwell on it, but thank you for sharing that. Of yeah. Unfortunately, I hear this also from, I'm not even gonna get into it, but 
let's say institutions that are supposedly helping you and they may be maybe helping a bit for some people but they also include all kinds of baggage and stuff which is completely unnecessary and not i i mean would you say by now just uh, you know for kicks i'm asking would you say now that it's appropriate to first say i am completely powerless is that a pro because on one hand one could say okay yes. it's, it's a recognition of the issue I'm having. It's but, one of the steps. Uh, but, but, yeah. uh, yes, but yeah, okay. But then would it end at I am in complete control or what is the end result? <laughs> I'm just uh, well, that's a choice. If you're in complete control is a choice. And I don't know if it's control is the word that I want other than just having a better idea that it doesn't have power over me and that I am powerful and that I'm capable of saying no to myself. I really imagine, I've never been to AA, but I probably should have many times. <laughs> um, I don't drink right now, but my God, between my height and weight and Scotch Native American, Scotch Irish Cherokee kind of vibes, like, I don't just drink a little. It's like, why well, have a shot? The bottle. Um, so, but I think the origins of uh, AA happened to be, I don't think, I don't remember if it's LSD or Harmaline or something, but the guys who founded it were like basically tripping and they had these kind of revelations. And I think it's tricky because sometimes um, people create monuments of ideation that are very important for them. And then like you're saying, you get like kind of legalistic types going. It's almost like a, uh, you know, whales when they fall to the bottom of the ocean, all the like suckers and all the sharks. And it's like things feed on original things, I guess you could put it way. So these guys, whoever started a, and I don't know enough about this, so I hope I'm not totally misquoting it, but I'm pretty sure they had a psychedelic experience essentially. And we're like, we need to give up, like I'm wearing a hat. And the, I think they understood, and I may be presupposing this, but it's like, I think we all understand there's an abiding awareness that isn't powerless, but there's a hat we're wearing that's playing the role of powerlessness with addiction. I mean, that's what basically it is. You're like giving over your willpower. There's lessons there, and it's interesting, and it's a trip. I mean, I have an addiction as a gene key, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so it's like, oh, great, this is a real lesson for me. Um, <laughs> So I think in a sense, I, I don't think, how would I put it, depending on how you're looking at the, like the, the palantir or whatever the orb, it's like, I don't, I don't think the phrasing of, I think it's more of a recognition. It's kind of a, a, a cold slap in the face that probably is very helpful for people who are stuck in a loop of behavior. And if all of a sudden they're like, whoa, whoa, like, I mean, moments of clarity. I've had a few of those where he's like, I don't even want this, but I'm doing right. I'm used to it or whatever. It's like, I don't want to have a hangover. I'm fucking sick of this, but you know how it goes. So um, Raphael doesn't really drink, so he doesn't. He's never gone down that path as much. And I applaud you. Trust me. There's nothing worse than. Well, uh, I, I did. The only that. difference is that you know I was never too into all the social socialities surrounding it and the culture and so on. And you know, three times I really tried. I was like, okay, let's see, because I didn't know any other substances or anything. So I was like, let's really try it. And three times I really got drunk. Uh, I threw up and so on. I had a bad hangover and then I was like, okay, this is really not for me. So, you know, I just took the cue, I guess, early enough or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm glad. For your sake. Oh I'm my glad. gosh. I wish I was you time. in that sense. I, uh, I, yeah. I, three would times of like, I drank three times in a, like a day. What the fuck? Um, anyway, we don't have to keep talking about booze, but in a sense, I think what the most, like the, and I can't say with authority, uh, you know, Hierophant, this is what they were thinking. But I think the idea was like, snap out of it enough of your trance state of letting your ego lead you into kind of paths that are lessons. But it's like, this is where the judgmentalism comes in. Um, that's hard because it's like those paths like were necessary. 
Like the prodigal son wouldn't have returned to the father in that whole analogy if he hadn't gone as far as he had. And the whole point is there's two polarities. You could be rigid and legalistic like your friend, or you could be batshit, you know, anything goes, kind of like what we are, it seems a little more. And both have advantages and disadvantages. And yeah, and they kind of, they both lead back. I mean, the father, God, love, eternal consciousness, whatever you want to call it is the abiding awareness that accepts us regardless. And it's like, I know you went that far. I mean, that's kind of the funny part of that parable because everyone tends to focus, and myself included, on the, the prodigal son. It's like, I just went to Vegas and did coke and hookers and I just blew all my money. Or it's like basically what he did, right? So it's just like, holy shit, what have I done? There's bodies everywhere and I don't know what's happening. Like, it's kind of like a wake-up call that way. And then obviously he comes home and there's like big celebration, whatever. He's been reinstated into the grace of the father or whatever. And the older brother's like, that's not fucking fair he's still smoking weed. He's not sober. <laughs> like, really? You know what I mean? It's like, and then the whole point is like, the father's like, you could come jam with us and we're having a great discotheque party or you could sit you there. You could be pissed off. Party. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the cliffhanger because it doesn't really say where, he, I mean, that's a crux point. I think, especially for the people that Jesus was quote saying the story to was like pharisaical kind of legalistic types. So he's like, don't you see that if you hold the law, you crush the spirit of the thing. So I think, Bottom line, the spirit of where maybe AA started was probably very helpful for those involved. Where they're like, holy shit. I mean, LSD experiments back in the day. Uh, Cary Grant, like a famous actor, he did 50-plus trips. He was in Time Magazine being like, I do acid back in the day. I mean, it was right. crazy. But a lot of people were working. Even myself, I, I remember having an acid trip where I was like, because I love LSD, um, where I was like, holy shit, I see the lineage of alcoholism in my genes, I guess you could say, the holograph of my history, whatever that means. And I can choose to stop this now or not. Like, I don't have to perpetuate this. Like, and I kind of saw it very holographically, and I still chose to fucking dabble and whatever. At this point, I don't drink or smoke weed, but that's probably for the best. It's too low vibe for me, but that's to each their own. I'm not even judging. Bottom line, um, it's weird because we're all kind of like Ram Dass. We're all walking into their home, but we're all kind of stumbling in very particular ways. So on the one hand, um, you didn't find you needed AA, and that sponsor didn't do her job. Um, she maybe kept towed the line with the party line or whatever, but she didn't really act she out of the heart. Firm of to me, was- my belief, which in your Bible story, I am all three of them as well. I am the yeah. father, I'm the son, I'm the brother. Um, when I decide to come back to myself, I'm pissed off at myself like the brother was. And I also have a part of me that's like, I'm just going to love you because you're here and we're happy you're here. And I, I hug that that problem in me and and make it okay for that time and say, I forgive you, I love you, I accept you. So in that story, I'm all three of those characters. And I, I actually love that. that. Um, also seeing that someone else will see you that way, but that's not important in where I am right now. It is when I return to myself, am I gonna be the brother or the father, you know? That's, that's, and as I come back to myself and I do, um, broken parts of me. I don't need to go to someone else and say, hold me, fix me, baby me, whatever. I just do it for myself. Now I have a system that I do that and it's natural now. Um, it's, it's instant. It's in real time, but before I could be in depression for months and not understand why, because I hadn't accepted myself back yet. Um, and it would take a long period of time, but now I have a process where it's instant. I'm here. I messed up. I love you. It's okay. We'll do it all again tomorrow. And we're going to be stronger and more powerful for it. And we're not going to talk about it again. <laughs> and, and when it comes up again and we feel it again, then we talk about it. But we talk about it as our higher self, not where we were before. And it's not going to put us down as far as it did before. We're talking about it 
as what we've evolved to. Now let's face it, how would you handle it now with what you've learned and what you've been through? And and it's just an instant now. It's just a, it's a flow now instead of a, uh, the, I mean, I made my life really hard. I, I was just saying that the other day, like, why did I wait so long? And why did I make everything so hard? And why was I so hard on myself? And what the hell happened? But now that it's instant and I have it in play and I can articulate it, I'm like, let's do this. I'm ready for a course. I'm ready to talk to people. Let's figure out how we can get more people unstuck and in a, in a place where they do want unconditional love for themselves and they're not willing to settle for less because we shouldn't. Raphael agrees. He one-upped <laughs> it. Mario, one-up. Boom. That would be a boom. Um, so maybe see. the one thing we didn't we started with but you didn't really get to talk about a lot is the concept of reparenting. Do I understand properly that this means basically the reconstruction of the inner divine mother, father, and child within oneself, ultimately without any external dependence? Because this would also relate to you yourself very easily being able to cure yourself of depression or go into and get out of it. Because this is, of course, you know, I guess still for many individuals, the most difficult idea is to reconstruct it within themselves because they feel understandably so somewhat victimized potentially by whatever happened. And even if a parent would be perfect, they couldn't be perfect. You know, there could still be issues or imagined issues or sometimes I even think that, I mean, it's pretty obvious that individuals incarnate in a way that it's almost like your child will incarnate to be the perfect trigger for you. You know, that's oftentimes what it seems to be. So maybe if there's anything you, you'd like to mention about that or about that process. To me, it's very, um, however, close to myself. I think of myself as having applied that pretty early on just because I realized it's absolutely necessary in this world. Um, anything you'd like to mention about that? Absolutely. Um, and thanks for asking. I love that. Um, my, I, my first belief is that I chose my parents. So I think I sent you a video earlier with Hans Willem and he does a part a bit too about your parents and that we choose them and that the experiences that we go through with our parents um, are to get the lessons the fastest we can to decide who we are. Um, and to me, what I've come to the conclusion of is that I'm the best parts of them. Um, I, my, I'm not proud of who my parents are. There's a, I get into this with people who maybe had abuse from their parents and, and other things. And um, I never want to say that those bad things happened to make you good, but they did. Um, and the coming to the conclusion that I'm the best of my parents, I was forced to forgive any of their bad behaviors and forced to when I recognize those bad behaviors in myself to to modify them. And, and um, I used to pride myself on being an asshole because my last name was Shab. I'm allowed to be an asshole because my last name Shab and my family is a line of assholes. And I was proud of it. I was I prided myself on it. And then I went, OK, obviously, I don't want to be an asshole and I probably should start correcting this behavior because that's not who I want to be or what I want our name to be you know, known as. So I started to change that. And in the reparenting, I think is after I unlearned the things that I didn't want to carry forward from my parents, because I'm a shab, um, 
I started to decide and reach out to people and and see other people and what they how they were parents and how they held themselves in their job and how they evolved and then I started to reparent me, my inner child, telling myself no, eating better, um, deciding to work out, um, doing, getting only the knowledge that I wanted to make myself better and leaving all the other stuff that had happened in life behind. And if it was a bad experience, take the lesson from it and move on. And when I say reparent, it really is. I think I started at 13, 14 years old, just three years ago. And I was trying to figure out how old I am now <laughs> because I don't feel 46, I'm 46, but, and I feel like I have knowledge, um, but I'm behind in other things like work. I didn't go to get, I didn't go to college, um, all of those things, but I'm learning the things that I need to learn. And, and then reparenting myself is, is learning the things that I didn't learn in my natural born family and learning it wherever I need to gather that information from. Um, and that, I guess that's it. Just, and I continue to reparent and learn and be always in a learning part of, of openness. That's what's up. I mean, um, we kind of left at where your sponsor left you. It seems like that's maybe a moment of where you're just maturity kind of kicking. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna kind of rise that's above me. this. Um, <laughs> And don't feel bad in a way. I mean, trust me, Rhea and Raphael are not like stockbrokers who are just crushing it on Wall Street or what. You know, it's like I think a lot of the systems are collapsing, and we're gonna try to remodel them. And and maybe people like us are gonna give lifeblood to the new institutions. I don't even know how to look at it really, but it's like Mr. Burns isn't gonna work anymore. Like that shit is collapsing, right? And it's like Bart Simpson doesn't. He doesn't have a driver's license yet. I mean, it, especially with addiction and stuff, it seems like. Um, we stop maturing at a certain level. We, we ask for that experience. So mm -hmm. I totally understand. I mean, especially as a Gemini, the eternal man child thing, Peter Pan syndrome. Um, but I'm curious when you uh, figured out that basically the uh, hypocritical rigidity of the system of AA wasn't working, was that when you started working out and kind of being like, I want to do triathlons? And because I want to kind of get it for you right now. <laughs> it was nothing like, like that. Okay, I didn't yeah, know why I kept showing up for working out. I just knew, like, I I hadn't even recognized my body was changing. Um, it, I had to lose 80 pounds before I even recognized I had lost a pound because my mind was so focused on the negative. I had, I couldn't see the good in anything. And I just had to keep showing up. And I kept going, why am I here? And then, the, and then I kind of lifted my head one day and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> um, and then once I lifted my head and finding connections and other people having, you know, the more I talk to people, I realize there's a lot more people that think the way I do than I think I'm just so odd. And I've, I've come up with my own operating system and nobody else knows about it, but I, I do tend to find out, I mean, like Raphael, like we have the same operating system, obviously, if we've come to the same conclusions within our mind and our body and in real life and real time. Um, so deciding to do a triathlon was when I recognized when I wanted to go back to my roots. And it was like, go back as far as you can and remember when you were happy. And I remembered eight years old, I was a competitive swimmer. And I loved it. Every weekend I was there, every day I was there. I was, I was like a machine. And I did really well in competitions. And I always, I, I was the winner. I, I loved winning. I loved, I loved it. And I never 
felt bad about winning. Like, you know, now as an adult, I'm like, damn, I kind of feel bad, but I want to be proud that I did well. So there's that. And I was like, wow, I'm an athlete. I've been an athlete in my mind. And for some reason, I keep ignoring the fact that I'm a fucking athlete. And I just decided after, you know, a few years, it's been a few years of kickboxing now. And um, July was, I amazed myself again, swimming 32 miles for American Cancer Society, which was awesome. Biden's daughter, what the fuck? 32 miles <laughs> is a long swim. That's not 32 a half swim. It, well, it was for the whole month. I did it. Every, okay, I did okay. a mile I like, a day. What? Yeah, like yeah. I, <laughs> one day I did two miles and I realized that was a bit much and I slept for a long time, but I, I tried to do a mile a day and every day I did my mile a day and I stuck to it. And I was like, okay, I stuck to something for 30 days. And I know that. And I'm like, it's not a habit. Like it didn't make me want to keep getting up every day and swim, but it, it did make something in me go, you can fucking do anything you want to do. Like, just do it. Uh, my A lot of my fears went away when I recognized that I was able to hold myself accountable for exactly 31 days. Um, actually, it was 32 days because I wanted to go one day past my thing. But so it was OK, though. Um, and deciding to do the triathlon, like I'm still freaking out because I do not want to get on this fucking bike at all. Like I got the padded pants. I got the outfit got on this bike, rode two miles uphill to Red Rock in Las Vegas here, right by my house. And I was, I was crying. I was almost crying. I wasn't crying, crying. I was just like, it's hot. This is horrible. My legs hurt. It's not comfortable. The pants aren't comfortable. The seat's not comfortable. It's hot out. And like, it was nothing like I wanted to. Nothing like. It's not matching. <laughs> it's not matching. My head was like, oh, I'm going to, I could see me crossing the finish line. Like, yeah but this bike is killing me. So it is not natural at all for me to want to get on this bike. And I have to swim, bike and run. Right. And I have yet to actually do that in a simultaneous day. So I'm still kind of avoiding the bike. Um, but I will, I, I know I will, I will finish strong. I have till October 2nd and it's happening in Tucson, my hometown. So I know I'll be ready. You need to get your family to drop you off far away, and then you have to bike home to get them. Right, right, right. Like the last time I biked really far, I live in Buena Vista, and Salida is pretty much the next medium-sized town around here uh, in the San Juan Valley, uh, up in Colorado where I am. And uh, I biked one day like 30 miles just for weed a few years ago. I was like, I need weed. <laughs> I'm withdrawing. This is freaking me out. And by the time I got there and smoked, I was like – this fucking sucks. I don't even want to do this shit. Like this is a great thing. So point being, um, if you just kind of put yourself in a position where you have no other choice, it's like, Oh, we're dropping you off at the Walmart on the other side of town. Good luck. Or I have a drop dead date. So yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to get to it here. Um, all right. So you've been training for the kickboxing. Tell us a little about that. I mean, I know about Taibo. I think it's the extent of my kickboxing awareness. Well, I go to, I love kickboxing. Um, I started in Tucson and I transferred to Las Vegas and I just tried to go as often as possible. And again, I didn't know why I didn't know why I was going. I just knew it made me feel a little bit better. And by the time I went so many times and lifted my head and I saw the support. I had never recognized support before because I'm in the, I've, I've always been on my own and in my mind, in my head. Um, I didn't have, I don't let people help me usually. It's, it was weird. That was another thing I had to learn was allowing love. I can give love. I got to allow it, allow help. That's really hard. Um, 
but I did recognize I had a community of people there that that were encouraging and it was odd, but I continued to go. I still continue to go. Now kickboxing for an hour is more social to me than an exercise. I don't put it on my calendar as exercise. I put it as social um, because it, it is just, I, I get goodness out of it. There's not a time I leave that I feel bad or worse than I did when I got there. Um, it just kicks my ass and I feel good and it's done with a smile and I leave and it's, it's good. Um, I, like I said, I swim and then I, I, I belong to four gyms. So that's probably the, the first thing I should say is that, that people felt like it, I was just moving my addiction to exercise. I was going to mention um, transference, but I didn't want to go there necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's good so, addictions. We're all addicted and I may life. have, I may have at first recognized that I have to go. Well, I have to go because it makes me feel better. Not because I have to go because I, I am addicted to it. But it is a feeling, and so maybe I was addicted to it. Um, but I went once a day. Then I would go twice a day. Then I would be doing three hours of exercise, one at another gym and two over here, and maybe Zumba, which Zumba is fun. It's not exercise. So to me, people are like, you're exercising all the time. I'm like, it's Zumba. It's, a it's not an exercise. It's fun. Uh, so I did have a lot of people, and I'm like, why does it matter to you if I'm Zumba feeling good and unhappy? Exercise? So yeah. it's like the other stuff's like that's hardcore and you're just like it's just weed it's just zumba right. <laughs> i'm not even hating on it I, I it's funny to me because i think you'll know if you're addicted to all this stuff if one day you hurt yourself and you're like destroyed utterly like your identity's attached to it you're like oh my god i'm a zumba freak so that's I how i figured it out i got well i had covid november of last year and i was down for five days and I couldn't allow myself to rest because I felt it necessary that my life was coming to crumble if I did not go to the gym. And I knew I couldn't because I had COVID. And my, my COVID was more of a deep compression of maybe that realization that I was addicted to exercise. Um, and then I had to to recognize when I went, am I in control of it or is it in control of me? And I stopped allowing it because if I missed my workout in the morning, I'm like, my whole day's ruined. My whole day's ruined. I might as well just stay in bed. My whole day is gone. But realistically, so, uh, Saturn conjunct your moon, like you're so tough. Like you're a really sweet girl. Like at that level, like I mean, you're a nice person. Oh, I will cut you. But I you will, will stab kill you. a person. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you're actually a bitch in the nicest sense, I guess you could say. I um, am. With Saturn conjunct moon, man, you are not emotionally releasing. Like you hold on to emotions. That's why you're like getting help is very difficult for you. It's like you don't want to be vulnerable, but you understand that everybody's a soft puppy. But like you're like, I don't. It's a it's a kind of cognitive dissonance because you have. I have I struggle like, with that to this yeah. very moment sitting in this well, chair. But at some level, you gotta laugh at it and be like, "Wow, I program myself to be a tough cookie on my like my worst. You're your worst critic. No one else is your. No one else is doing this to you. Well, I mean, and it frustrates people where I'm like, they're trying to help me and maybe give me advice, and I'm like, whatever you're saying is for you. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I take it in. Like I had a very calm conversation with my ex-husband's new wife um, on the phone, and we That's haven't been able deal. to get yeah. along. It was Good a huge deal, yeah. huge deal. And I stayed calm. And she's like, I have your husband, I have your dog, and I have your kids. She was like, big that chick. Oh that. And it, I, at the time, I'm like, and thank you. I thank you because it's given me the time that I need. And I know that my life looks crazy to you. And maybe I look a mess. 
but I promise you I'm working the hardest I possibly can on my things. And I'm sorry I'm not you and on your time schedule, but I, I am. And thank you for that. I said the right things. I felt the right things. But I'm telling you, that shit played in my head for the last three days. And yesterday I had a breaking point and I had to go. It's, it is true. Like it does, I don't have my shit together completely, but I know that I've focused you on the right back, thing. Right? I, mean, I don't have so to have everything yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Who's standards? This is yeah. where it gets tricky because there's some karma. I mean, it's how, how to put it. She was telling you the part of yourself that you are, that you're subconsciously believing or whatever at some level where you're like, oh shit, because it clearly it was on the front burner for you. You're not just dwelling on it and drinking and all that. Um, but you're going to have to come to the place where you're like holding on loosely. I mean, you get it. So it's like easy. Well, easy I go. think that's what she uses to show that she's better than I am. But what she lacks to know is how hard I really have been working to make a stable foundation for myself. And mine's probably a little more solid than hers. And before she knows it, I will be, or I know that, not that it's a level, because it's not a level, but I will be further ahead than where people thought I would ever be because I have done this work. No, people who are like, I've got all, you know, a platinum credit card and I can do whatever financially. It's like when the market crashes, they're not so confident. Like she's finding her identity in negating you, whatever. It's a weird trip. Right. Hey, it's a real, I, but I'm saying yeah. those things do come back. I handled the conversation perfectly to my highest, greatest good. But I'm telling you those things did hurt later. And I had to keep yeah. using the tools I had to be like, it's okay. It is true. It is her truth. It is how people see it. And I don't like thinking about how people see me because it does look messy and ugly and then I'm a wreck, but I, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I always, my favorite line is, I'm so much better now. <laughs> That's definitely the way to look at it. I was about to say, you're not on meth doing crazy shit, heavy, you know, obese or whatever. Cause I don't really want to judge, but it seems like you were living an unhappy kind of life. But I'm still in a, I'm still in a selfish space. And for whatever reason, it's viewed that way as being selfish. I am still in a selfish mode working on me. So now I'm trying to get out of the spiritual side and say, I have a a solid foundation of now I've got to move forward. Like I've really got to get out of my comfort zone, figure it, figuring out what I want to do for a living has been huge and realizing I don't really necessarily want to be in real estate with that realm but in fitness and health and energy and all of that. And then when I went to that, I realized I want even more. I want to promote people's dreams. I want to do big events. I want to do fundraising. I want this to be huge. And I want to break through Vegas. I want to break through that whole um, being famous thing because, you know, not a, Vegas allows more people to be famous than, than most places. Um, but there's, there's so few people that actually end up making movies or actually end up going on tour and all of those things. But we can still, uh, there's entertainers everywhere, but we have to remember we need a, um, a base where we're making money and where we're making ourselves happy with our, our persona and our, where we're going with things. So every time I go to another thing, it, it shows me that there's even bigger than I can even think of. And I'm going there. Um, Beautiful. You do. I. I mean, I keep alluding to your chart. Hopefully, that doesn't annoy you. 
Um, but with the North Node in Scorpio fifth house, it's like just be your authentic self and be mad, like be deep psychologically, true, like like reveal the secrets. Kind of what we're even talking about this like raw authenticity. That's what you're here for. Whether you get an MTV channel or not, that's you know another trip, right? But it's like. Bye. I think, I mean, even it's like weird things like, hey, like a three-day three, three day workout retreat and we smoke weed on the fourth day or whatever. You could probably organize these things in such a way where you're doing what you love power. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So don't don't shirk away from power. I think you're actually training. I mean, most of culture is not our friend in the Terrence McKenna kind of sense where it's like it's lulling you into sleep. Like, it's beautiful that I can binge watch Netflix and all this kind of stuff, but at the same time, that's getting us into very passive modes. You know, before you look, like, the year is over, the decade, all this, you know, it's like, holy shit. So I think in a way, um, you're going to find your power with trans through transformation. I mean, if you basically try to apply the, the, yeah, life coaching doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't suggest that for everybody, but it's like, you could do that. Uh, and, thank and you. I just don't have any expectation. I mean, Raphael, if you want to talk about the expectation, that's where I'm struggling. I'm like, I'm a good musician. I'm smart. Why am I broke? What the fuck? Bye, bye. I'm to be like, oh, shit. Maybe my expectations are in a changing time. So, you know, it, like, it's tricky because I think we're addicted to the models we've inherited. But we're here pretty much in this generation, however you want to look at this, like this time space. Um, the people who are tuning into this frequency are here to change the game. Um and that means not playing by the same old rules. It's tricky because it's not outright revolution where we're like, burn all the money. It's like, let's use the money in crypto now or whatever. It's just right, it's right. So, anyway, I, thought, kind of, I right. like to reference us as teaching angels. Like, that's really what we are is like, we oh, have to be. Oh, we're teaching angels. Well, they say, um, you know, angels, you know, on earth or whatever. But that really is what we are. I think we're just teachers of um, our kinder realization of like, stop hurting people. Stop. I, I never want to be a hurdle to someone and I never want to hurt someone on purpose. If someone says I hurt someone on purpose, I would hope someone would be like, Katie would never do that. Um, because it's, it, it, I don't want to interfere and make something harder for someone else in their life because I know how hard I made it on myself. And I know the people that did it, that wasn't even their intention. They, they had bad behavior because of who they are. They weren't intentionally trying to hurt me. And if they were, they've, they've got to pay for that. It's still none of my business. Um, so it's, it's getting to this place where it all just, it makes sense. And it comes flow. Have you ever been ayahuasca? I haven't. So I want to so bad. I know people in Las Vegas who do it. So really? We'll have to talk about here. that off camera. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, I just, I don't know if she does it, but she knows people. So um, I know she does it. I do. I have been talking about this. I mean, I want to do it like in the next few months. I don't have a job now and I just got concussed. I'm kind of like, all right, what do I do? Um, if I go to Vegas for some reason for ayahuasca, I'll definitely give you the details. You of that. better call. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to make you relapse. But it's no, intense. I'm not yeah. worried about relapse. Actually, um, I went to Nashville lately, recently. One of the best places I've ever been to in my life. Um, just, just nice, helpful, wonderful, warm people. But there's a lot of drinking going on there and drugs, I'm sure. Um, and I had a drink 
And, and I've had a drink a couple of times through the sobriety time. Like I had, had had a day that wasn't the greatest, but the only thing I kept thinking about is that I wanted a, a hot bath and a cold beer. And I kept going, but I can't because I'm sober and it's been almost three years. Like it's, what am I gonna do? And I decided in my own home, I am going to have a beer and a hot bath. I got a six pack, got two beers out, opened both of them, sat in the tub, drank one beer, felt fabulous, didn't touch the second beer, and the others I gave is for people that came over. Like, I I didn't feel like I had to drink the whole six pack. I didn't feel like I had to feel like crap the next day and destroy my whole life. It was just I wanted to enjoy the beer and I enjoyed the beer and it was great to know that I have that, I have that ability, holy shit. Um, and, it, and I feel like if I hadn't had done that, I wouldn't have known that I would be okay with it. Because I know a lot of people are like, I've gone 46 years without a drink. And I definitely am not going to break that before I die. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. But okay, if that's your choice, it doesn't have to be that way. It's not the evil thing that makes you bad. You've probably already corrected the thing that made you bad in your age. Um, but it's not bad to me. It was bad to you. So whatever. On that. Yeah, I'm, I'm one who's all or nothing typically so it's like I, I'm impressed that you could do the one beer thing because to me I'm just like well the, the party's let's go <laughs> you know it's like I it's used to tell case. my mom when I was going out I'd be like I, I would tell her I would call her I'd be like mom I'm not driving I'm going out I plan on throwing up I may need you in the morning and she'd be like okay and there was actually a time where I had to find my way back to my car and when I got there, someone had broke into it and I had to call my mom super early in the morning. And I was like, I, I told you. <laughs> and she goes, I'm glad you told me. And she came, got me and it was fine. Uh, but I would prepare for that. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to be sick. And I'm going to need, you know, I'll be sick. I'll be down for two days and I'm, I can't help with anything. <laughs> and, and I would plan it. Well, it's funny because I don't think a one size fits all morality really works. So it's like, obviously my life has been negatively impacted by over substance misuse and abuse, I guess you could say, right? Uh, it's not even this thing. It's, it's kind of a neutral thing. We have receptors for cannabis. They're there. So why not use it? Like, I'm very much of the impression if somebody hasn't had a, you know, a trip. I mean, Terrence McKenna was very much like to not go through life having had a psychedelic experience is like to go through life without having sex. You're designed to have this experience. You don't have to. But to think it's like this, like, you know, evil entity or something is not necessarily good. But it's funny because there's people who are very functional. And they, you know, I don't know, George Clooney seems like he can have a martini and not collapse or whatever. Uh, and then there's people who are on a trip where it's like one drink will send them into years of recovery and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's especially in Las Vegas, I'm sure you see a plethora of both like lost, broken souls who are kind of repeating patterns. But at the same time, people who are living their best lives and like that's maybe part of it, but not like, like the big right. karmic lesson. Well, and everybody thinks that money's going to fix everything. Money's going to fix everything. Money's going to fix. Well, when you last time you got money, you still went and gambled it all. So how is it going to help you this time? Have you really learned the things that you need to learn to not allow that thing to control you? Because you're going to keep getting your opportunities and you're going to keep blowing them and you're going to keep getting mad at you if you don't do your goddamn self work. And I tell her, you know, that's the main thing. Love yourself, love yourself. And, I, and a lot of people don't know what that means. And I don't, I didn't recognize that when I would say self-love. No, I don't love myself. Yes, their, love, their love scale was way down here when it needed, you know, if you don't know that loving yourself is, is 
is so wonderful and you've only loved yourself a tiny bit or allowed other people to love you a tiny bit, your scale and your gauge is off. So when you do experience love, like when I started, when I have men be nice to me and like give me things, I get weird. Like there's, there's a weird exchange that happens with me because I'm still learning how to accept the good without having to pay for it. It's, I mean, not pay for it, but there's, there, if I'm going to take something, that means I have to give something away or give something up. And I still have, I still struggle with that is it, when, when people show me the goodness and the love, um, it, it just makes my scale that much um, more on the good side and less on the bad side. So my middle, my balance of love that I give myself goes up a little bit. And that's what I think keeps happening. But you have to open yourself to that love to move that gauge or you're always just going to be on the low end. And I think people that suffer with addiction is that they've they've cut off the ability to love for so long that their gauge is so small that they only have to give themselves a little bit to survive. And that's all they're doing. And if we show them and accept them where they are and listen a little bit, and we can actually help people get out of that and improve their love gauge. I go around just spreading love so I can improve your love gauge because I want you to know that what's possible. And I'm that example that it's, you're, it's possible to be pure love if you really want to get to that point. I mean, I'm not there, but I'm sure there's, there's a way to get to that. And the more people that I am around that show me love, it increases my gauge and I'm able to go and give that to others. And it never depletes. It's not something like, I, yeah, I might get tired if I'm around someone I have to listen to for three hours, say about their past, but once I know that, they never have to say it again. And I can just help them go forward and not in the past. So I know that there's there's a lot happening here with what, but it is all love. Any way we look at it, it is loving yourself and teaching people that there is so much more to love than, and there's always something to be ha happy and grateful for. And it's not about what you lacked or what you've done. It's where you're going. And if you if if you can see the possibilities and dream the possibilities, then the, it's already happened. You just haven't gotten there yet. It's funny because you're saying things I used to say, oh, I'm just living. I'm, I've already done this. I'm just moving through it. Like you're, because your sun and moon are in 12th house cancer, that's where my Mars and Mercury are conjunct. So it's like seeing how you are is how I think and act. Let's just put it that way. We're much more alike than you realize. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, you're very helpful, I think. Um, I'm kind of curious about one or two things, and then we'll kind of let you go because we have another guest coming on in a second. But um, first of all, uh, are there any crazy stories about your tattoos? Was that a recent thing? or um, Crazy story. Um, well, yeah. Um, okay, my first some people get sober and they're just like, yep, here we go. Or well, my first tattoo was at 14 years old. I had Puff the Magic Dragon on my chest, and then I had a really bad butterfly that looked like a joker from the, like a playing joke card joker. Um, and I ended up having both of those removed so that I could put on these. And this was my family. So it's my kids and, and my husband and I um, right here. Um, my right arm, which is my feminine side, is my best friend who passed away in a car accident. And also the same tattoo that my friend had that had committed suicide, but it turns into a butterfly. Um, and my dad's writing, it says, I love you. And right now, if you can almost see it, it's just Sharpie of my new phone number. 
that's where I keep it. <laughs> so then I remember my new phone number. Um, but you can hide anything here. So I have, I yeah, I have my, your story isn't over. Um, you know, another time, another story. So being suicidal is part of um, my friend that, that committed suicide saved my life because I knew I didn't have to be the sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. I was able to learn from that. I never want anyone to feel like I did. And therefore, I will not commit suicide, nor do I want to start this whole thing over again to get um, from my graduation of Earth. I don't want to have to come back and do it again. I want to I want to actually graduate so and go into higher realms of uh, learning in space and time. But that's my belief, of course. Um, I'm glad I got the tattoo removal. I'm glad this arm is like the fallen in the fall. Um, my octopus, I, I love octopus, not just for the shape shifting, because I do believe that I'm my teeth for the octopus or whatever uh -huh. on Netflix. I'm just making sure you've seen this. There's oh, a, yeah, there's yeah. Netflix oh, part. the yeah, guy okay. that followed yeah. me. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Yes. I love that. Um, but the sure. octopus was after my my divorce and during the weight loss and lots of things going on. Um, I, I like the shape shifter of an octopus but also they have three hearts and they need all three to live. And they're actually pretty amazing animals. Um, and they're also represent your psyche and psychic. So I, I definitely relate to the octopus very much and the tentacles. It's kind of like another part of it. I love, and it's in space. And then I had one of the um, planets turned into an orange. So everything that I like to do for my real estate is oranges and the smell of oranges is proven to make you happy. Um, so I like to spread that. Just be happy. Just be happy. And I will help you be happy. My job is to make is to help you recognize that it's possible for you to be happy. Um, I have a um, even the darkest hour has only 60 minutes um, because I did used to sit alone a lot in the dark um, and peel myself off the floor. I don't want to do that as much anymore, but I like to remember that I that I always got up. And that is the part of me that is the warrior who won't give up, who doesn't take no for an answer, who thinks outside the box, who always keeps going. Um, I won't forget her. And sometimes I call on her and sometimes I tell her to sit down. It's okay. Like it's okay to cry. It's okay to have my emotions because she's pretty, she's, she will cut you. <laughs> she doesn't care about your feelings that she will do whatever it takes to get back up. Um, and, and it is, and that's when I remember that this is my life and anyone, however they want to see it is none of my business and how, what someone thinks of me is none of my business. And that I just, I will continue to be that warrior spirit, but I also have that kindness because I don't want you to hurt like I did. And there's that balance, and that makes me unique to who I am. And I'm happy, Katie. You're a fascinating creature on this dream thing we call life. Uh, <laughs> I, I figured you'd be cool. You're as cool, if not more cool, than I thought. It's a good job. Oh, you thank care, you. But you're like, yeah, keep doing your thing, girl. Like, you're kicking ass. Jim approved. Oh, my. <laughs> I have Team Rabbit approved. Everybody approved. Um, nice. I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done a podcast, but you did great. Um, I have not, so thank you. Hi, for the record. She's like, oh, yes, hi. Tell Katie hi. Um, and I guess uh, it, we'll uh, send me your links. I mean, I don't know if you're still doing real estate. I uh, I don't really know where your head is at with all your stuff, but Breakthrough Las Vegas or Vegas or whatever you're calling it. Um, send me the links. We'll make sure to put it and people could check you out. 
if I come through Vegas, we're going to hang out, obviously. Definitely. So, uh, I don't know when that would be, but I've never been, and you're cool. So um, Peace Dealer's there. I'm trying to think of other Muramatu's there. There's a few cool people in Vegas. I'm it sounds surprised. pretty rad. You I, should totally get together and do some ayahuasca. <laughs> I, I am ready to do that. I am ready. Um, I would love that that final whatever it's going to be Urge. to excel what my next thing is. Because I, as far as purpose, right now my purpose is just to be me and find my place in this in this lovely world and help as many people that are on my frequency as possible. Well, you're doing it, so don't think a certificate's going to make it. You know, it's like you're doing the, right. the good work. The, the, Thank you're you. Really doing it. Um, so we'll put those links, but if there's any kind of parting sentiment, I mean, you've said quite a bit of good bumper sticker wisdom overall, but if there's anything you want to leave people with, um, now is the time to whatever, say whatever you're up to, or, you know, the conscious yours kind of promote thyself. Yeah, I, I would just say be gentle and kind to yourself and always um, see the good in things and never give up, you know, the cliches, I guess, of where we are right now. Um, I am transferring brokerages right now. So I'm about to be with Wardley Real Estate, who's a uh, main supporter um, of NFL alumni. Um, so hopefully there's some things to come there. And I'm working with um, High Roller Energy right now, and we're doing concerts uh, all over, really advancing and promoting. So watch for High Roller in your area. And that's kind of it right now. I, I always have a lot of things going on, but I try to keep them on Facebook and I, I've also just tried to lay low for a little bit because I do get involved in things that don't end up coming to fruition. But I really think these things are are something that I can put my attention to and see what other doors open. So thank you. Ultimately, awesome. beautiful story. And it's great to see blooming. I think you've got a lot uh, more adventures to go. So don't, you know, further up and further in, as Reaper Cheap says, in Narnia, there's no end to this story. There's never ending story. So I think you're gonna have a lot more fun probably now that we've kind of dealt with the demons. <laughs> uh, I so, agree. Yeah, I think it's thank all, you so it's much, you guys. For sure, Raphael. Well, I just say fascinating, and thank you very much. And as you very well know, the one who has healed themselves has it the easiest to offer the healing frequencies to others. So thank you very much for everything you're doing. And we'll let everyone connect. And thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Adios.